Welcome to Unboxing Spiel, Part 1, Essen. Hi, I'm Alan Higgins. In the next couple of episodes, Shane Whelan and I talk about the business of traditional, non-digital games, the role of game trade fairs, in particular Spiel at Essen Messe in Germany, the impact of Kickstarter and how to find a publisher. So everyone, uh, we're privileged to have Shane Whelan give us a talk today on game design, game development, publishing, but, you know, just the, the, the background to games. Shane's a, a lecturer in Ballyfermot College of Further Education. I found uh, Shane through the software engineers I've worked with who went off and tried to start up uh, a game company a couple of times. Uh, okay, hi. Normally what I've talked about, because uh, I've done this a few times with Alan, um, and I've tended to talk about uh, the free-to-play aspect of mobile development um, and in-app purchases and things like that. Uh, this year I'm going to do something a little different because at the end of the the, the talk I've, I've done, I always added in this little bit about, uh, but there's also this um, renaissance of board games, tabletop gaming, non-digital gaming coming back. And I've been saying that like as an afterthought for the last few years, so I thought I'd, this year I'd do something about that. I had the good fortune to go to the Essen trade fair in Germany, which is the biggest in, in, in the sector. And um, I, I, I happened to be there with somebody who was presenting something, some work at it. So I got a really good overview of what you might do as an indie tabletop game developer. Um, so we're talking, you know, ink and cardboard, basically, not, uh, not pixels this time. And what, what you might do to uh, to go from prototype to being successfully published um, or indeed self-published. So a little bit of an overview then of of what's going on in the in the sector in North America and um, like in 2016. These are from like uh, reports that have become freely available over the last few years. We've got uh, 5,000 board games cafes open. So these are places, I don't know if anybody, uh, and if you've attended anything like this, there are certainly a few of them going on in Dublin. Alfie Burns Pub is a really popular one. The Square Ball in Pierce Street's another one. So these are these are meetups where people will go at scheduled times once a week or twice a week. They'll just bond with people who are new to a city um, over board games. That's become a really popular thing to do in major cities all over the world. And in 2017, the US and Canada um, have one third, more than one third of the total market share. Germany is um, particularly strong in this area, having the largest trade fair in the world in, in this sector. The market's worth 422 million in 2017 uh, and 14.2% of the European market, right? And the global market is well, two years ago, worth 7.8 billion US dollars, forecast to be worth 12 billion by uh, 2023. A major contributor to the growth that you're seeing in this sector is Kickstarter. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll talk a bit more about Kickstarter in detail later on, though I'm sure everybody kind of has an idea of what Kickstarter is. Okay, so just like the, the different sectors within non-digital games, collectible games are by far the largest. So this is in millions, six hundred and twenty-five million dollars. The the breakdown of the different um, the different genres and sectors within the tabletop sector, collectible games such as uh, like trading cards, Yu-Gi-Oh, and that sort of thing, they account for about half of the entire market, and that's kind of obvious because uh, they're they're a license to print money, and um, 
I might talk a little bit more in detail if there's time at the end about why that is. So in a sense, the physical, the board game industry, as you've got there, it's about maybe a a fifth or a tenth of the size of the video game market, but it's still a really big market. Yeah, and it's but it, it it's 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 less noisy as well, you know. So like it's it's easier to be a, a, a relatively bigger fish in a relatively smaller pond. And it's growing rapidly too. It is, yeah. Um, it's it's a bit easier to to reach people by by doing that, you know, like by by going by going that route than it is to go uh, digital. Um, I think the 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 marketplaces for for digital, like if you go mobile, you're looking. You're looking at the App Store or the or the Google Play Store, say, um, like there are millions of apps and there are millions of games on on that. So Steam. discoverability is an issue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Organic discovery is dead since about 2012 on on digital on any platform. You know, like like Steam, which was always the you know the 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 favorite of the the indie you know to self publish. That you can forget about Steam now. There, there are a thousand new. Um, a thousand new games on Steam every month, I think. Um, well, good luck being found in in that without a gigantic marketing spend, you know. So, uh, I, I think this is this is this is a far easier route to go. I mean, it's 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 not uh, a walk in the park either, you know. Like you you still have to put the work in, but it's still possible, you know. I would say, without already having a lot of money in your pocket, it's it's very difficult to to do this so so uh things like the app store kind of democratize publishing but then now you need a publisher to be on the app store you know like these things come in cycles you know and and that could surely happen in in this sector too but it's not there yet it, it probably it probably will happen you know so just a, a little bit on Essen itself right so i was there attending with somebody who was presenting so uh i got to go in while people were setting up so 180,000 people attend over four days, about 100,000 more than the next biggest trade fair in the world in this sector, right? So that's, it's gigantic, right? It's the biggest trade fair in the market. It's, uh, it covers six halls. It took me, it took me three minutes to just walk across it. At lunchtime, it takes 20 minutes because it's full of people. So you're mainly going here as, as I would think as, as a designer to meet with publishers and the public, right? So you're meeting just potential uh, consumers and and customers, but also publishers and distributors as well. And talks from academia and industry panels. But but that's a that's nothing like uh, the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco, which is nearly all seminar. You know, uh, th- this the, that side of the, of this trade fair is much much smaller. The, the the industry talks. So they call it the essence spiel, don't they? And it, and the it has prizes and categories every year, and it kind of defines the, the yeah. Game. So yeah, so the one the one you want to win is uh, is Spiel des Jahres, the the game of the year in in English. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's like the Palm Door for board games. You know, it's if you've if if you've got that, you can you can presume that you're you're going to make it. You know, you're going to have uh, really healthy sales and everything like that. This is the queue to get in in the morning. <laughs> Right, uh, the, that kind of bluish image you're seeing at the bottom—that's the the U-Bahn, the subway station be, uh, uh, that takes you to the event. Um, as you can see, it's full. It empties when when the train arrives. Six minutes later, it looks like this again. And a lot of the photos that I've got uh, don't look like this one that you're seeing here. Uh, um, but this is what it normally looks like when people are 
are, are testing, right? So what you'll see is uh, like some, something like th these people in the printed t-shirts here, the white t-shirts at the front, they, they would be hired by, imagine you're a developer and you're coming from Ireland, right? So uh, Ireland, uh, predominantly English speaking, but you're going to Germany, uh, which is predominantly German speaking, though uh, there's there's a lot of people speaking English as well. But but you're also mixing with people from uh, Asia, a lot of French people there as well, and Spanish, yeah, for like a lot a lot of French and Spanish language there too. So you're probably going to need multilingual people to help out if you don't have those languages yourself. What most people seem to do is hire locals who have the languages to train the punters in uh, like to give, just to give tutorials on how to play the game. So they'll, they'll, these people are just hired to demo it. You probably hire them the day before the event, right? Or well, you, you hired them before that, but, but they turn up the day before. You train them to play the game and then they speak whatever language is required. So that, that's something, if you, were, if you were exhibiting at this, like localization is a is a consideration but it's 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 really fast and on the spot but that's something that i wouldn't have thought wouldn't have thought of uh myself and and that's that's at a lot of the bigger the bigger spaces right so you can see like uh from where i am at the camera here as far as this first uh um kind of banner at the back this is all one stand right so uh, a, a lot of the stands are, are that size and they range down to like something that would be, just hold a, a table and a few chairs uh, the range of things that you might see. Uh, this was the weirdest thing I, I, I saw there. Astounding. That looks brilliant. I love the yeah. art concept. Doesn't it? Yeah, it's just uh, nice to see political correctness alive and well there, you know. <laughs> A game about um, how you might meet somebody nicer than yourself when you go to prison. Um, <laughs> that's what that's about. Uh, and the reason I put that there was, uh, well, hopefully to hold everybody's attention, but also to show that I don't think you'd really get this at the Game Developers Conference in, in San Francisco um, because it's that's so, uh, like digital games are, even though there's a healthy indie sector, there's a, there's a much more, what would you say? a uh, Button down, perhaps. Yes, more professionalized. Mm. Uh, so, so, I mean, I, I just look at it, you know, like, I mean, I teach, I teach courses in game design uh, and we're specifically talking about like digital skills there. Um, you know, 3D modeling and animation and programming and, and stuff like that, things that you go to college for. Um, there may be college courses teaching just board game design. Um, I'm, I'm, I haven't encountered them. If there are, they're not common, you know. Uh, so it's a, it's a less professionalized sector, right? And, and so you get sort of weirder, more left field offerings, and to be honest, the uh, upfront development costs are that much lower, so you can see this stuff coming in. Your passion yeah. projects, essentially. Yeah, like what 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 more can we do with chess? Well, you've got you, you've got people doing kind of ornate, uh, nice chess boards, but you've also got people modifying chess. So you've got four player chess here. I, I didn't actually have a go at this, but but uh, you can uh, you can imagine what happens there, you know. So so okay, so let's say you've made a prototype, right? What now? What are you going to do? So when you go to this trade fair, you can rent space at a prototyping table, right? So that's that's something you could actually ask the organizers for. I want a prototyping table, and that's say if you're at a proof of concept stage. So say you're, you're you know you printed this on your home printer and you've only got one copy of it, and there are marks of glue and thumbprints and things all over it. That's the thing that you have on offer. You you're kind of doing a proof of concept, right? So you want to you want to show that to a publisher, and the publisher is going to sharpen it up and print it out and, and distribute it around the world. 
right? So uh, you can rent that table for 300 euros instead of a stand. I think the cheapest stand begins at 700 euros, but you're going to want to print up um, like the pop-up banners and things like that with your own with your own graphics on it. So I think that the cheapest thing you can do is probably going to cost you about 1500 euros i think by the time you're done you know you, you like you you'll have to go to an ikea in essen and get furniture you know so people have to sit down at this thing you know like you're unless you want to bring it in, in, in your own van or something like that from from ireland but so i i thought for a second you were talking about the um prototype manufacturers like but particularly sort of contract manufacturing but this is literally the, uh, yeah the publishing. no that's not no that's not not what i'm talking about uh more on that later though but but uh but no i'm, I'm talking about like you've made a prototype of a game design um of a board game or a card game or something like that you can make that with your own computer at home and print on card and uh you can 3d print um uh figures and, and things like that so you you can you can make mock-ups yourself. You can even pay for short-run printing. The game crafter in the U.S. Um, would print for probably under a hundred dollars for one copy, like a, the same oh. identical quality that you yeah. would you would you would pay you would take off the shelf, you know. So um, so that's a proper prototype um, with with all the proper manufacturing standards in place. But I mean, like if if you're if if you want to do a homemade version, which a lot of people would do at these stands. These guys are from Thailand. They really, I think they went to Google Translate for their, you know, they've got gorgeous illustration and everything like that. But the um, the copy that's written on the back of the box is is a little off. Yeah. Uh, so so um, but but I, I mean I I, I thought like uh, I I spent a good bit of time with these guys and uh, and their 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 work is great, you know. But uh, they were looking for a publisher, right? Now most of the people who were here. So I was with somebody who 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 was at also at this stand as well, or in this section. It's it's a very small section compared to the rest of the uh, of the trade fair, and the punters aren't going to stop because the stuff isn't polished. You know, it's not very glossy looking. Um, so they they felt it was a hindrance because publishers aren't going walking around looking at other exhibits. Why? Because they're too busy. Like like you 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 come to them. You know, so they they've got meetings back to back over four days. Why would they come to your prototyping table they don't even know you're there so are these designers uh there for feedback on like uh playthroughs with with random yeah. people well well it's up to you that's what i think it's intended for but these guys were beyond that the, the, these guys should should have instead been have had they should have had a proper stand and they should have and they, and they should have had a um meetings scheduled beforehand with publishers that's what they should have been doing yes. and they, they didn't i think they didn't get it right so this was their first time attending it if you've ever been to any of these kind of conferences uh the first time you go it's really just learning how to use the conference for the second time you go yeah and and i, I think that's where that what, what they were at this guy this shy and retiring uh fellow here um uh he figured out he was also at the prototyping stand but he spent i'd say max two hours out of his working day at, at his own table what he what he did instead was he just packed everything up into a suitcase and walked around to publisher stands and arranged meetings with them because he was exhibiting he was allowed in earlier an hour earlier to set up or two hours earlier i think so he used that time when the when when the place was empty to go to publishers who were also setting up and unpacking boxes and things and saying, "Hey, could I meet you at twelve o'clock tomorrow?" And 
clever, got, clever. You got a ton of meetings that way, and that was a far better way to do it. Having found himself in this position, I would do what he did, but I just wouldn't bother with this stand at all. I would, I would just put my demo in a suitcase and bring it around to the publishers. They will talk to you. Out of interest, uh, what's the fee difference for a casual visitor versus someone at the proof of concept? Well, you can't get in earlier because you'd be attending. You'd be attending as a customer. Right, mm. so just a regular member of the public. So you wouldn't have had the advantage he had of of getting in early. But what you would do is just make those phone calls a month or two in advance and have it ready to go before you arrive. So yeah. he's paying a premium for early access. Yeah, he he, he is. Uh, he he wouldn't do that again. I think, though. I I I, I think he would just attend. Yeah. You know, in fact, I did meet somebody who was who was also doing that. He was uh, he was an Australian guy. And he was getting loads of loads of positive feedback on his son's game. His son was, I think his son was 14, and he just, the son had tried it out in a few places and, and got some good feedback, and the dad said, I'm going to take this to Germany. And he got loads of meetings with publishers, and they were interested. And they were following it up, you know, so it was, like, like this is another thing, like, um, it's possible to make something that's a bit rough, but of good quality, and it will, it will be noticed. At this conference, it's, st- it's still possible to do that. And I think that doesn't that sort of gel with the uh, the kind of attitude of board gamers? They're pretty open people. They'll try anything, really. And the publishers yes. kind of share that, don't they? Yes, yeah. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I think um, it might be slightly more cynical of me, but go to the Game Developers Conference and go to this conference and count the suits. Just count the people wearing ties. Right. Right. You'll find far fewer of them here. I, I counted three. <laughs> at this whole thing 180,000 people I saw three people wearing a tie okay so uh, yeah and, and and yes you can get good feedback and, and this guy was quite interesting because he was getting a lot more interest I think than most of the other most of the other prototypers he had 3D printed assets uh, you can see that there are little dials on in the middle of the ship the ships are you can extend the length of them and add more dials in um, and those dials then uh, account for values within the game. You know, it's like rolling a dice or something. But it's just more interesting, and it catches people's attention. The more vertical things that there were on a, on a flat board, the more people would stop. And I found myself doing that too. I, I, I would stop and go, why did I stop at this stand? There's so much to see. Why, why did I stop here? Usually it was because there was something tactile that I could put my hands on. That caught my attention. And, and you know, like you've got to stand out countless uh, people walking by in the day, you know, it's um, like something has, has to make people stop, you know? Yeah. The impression I was left with when I, when I came away from it was that have, having been to a few digital game conferences um, and most notably uh, to the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco, um, I found this far more accessible. You know, like, like the, I mean, I, I, I was able to meet publishers for starters, I could just walk up to them and say, have you got a few minutes? And <laughs> they would meet you, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like good luck trying to get that Brilliant. at UBC without having it prearranged and, yeah. and, and, and without fighting for it as well, you know. Um, so, yes, it's possible to get meetings on spec while you're there. Uh, the, the previous guy that I was telling you about who just packed his stuff in a suitcase, that's exactly what he was doing. He, he was still able to get meetings and the person I was there with was able to get meetings as well, just, just on spec. You have a much better chance if you if you pre-plan it, though, of course. Right. So he said, if your game is licensed by a publisher, depending on the size of that publisher, it could be two years before it launches. Right. So that that's typical, actually. Two years seems to be um, the the cycle of of a game reaching the shelves from the moment you 
first make contact with the publisher. So if you're thinking, God, well, what will I do with my time in two years? Well, if it takes you six months to prototype a game, make four games and have one of them always on the go with a publisher. That that's the way I would I would go for that. And you know, you, yes, you're two years away from from getting started, but when you're started, you've you've got something to follow it up with. Thank you for listening to Unboxing Spiel.